0: Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. We have such an important conversation to have today, and this stems from an email I got from a podcast listener. And here's what I want to say about this email before I share it. Even if you don't relate to the particular challenge or struggles that this person shares in their email... I want you to hang with me because this is so important. We we miss so much because we tune out the first part thinking it doesn't have to apply to us. But the solution, the tools can be applied to anything. And I get so passionate about this because whether it's scrolling through episode titles and skipping ones that you don't think apply to you, or it's listening to something in a lecture or in a podcast or reading it in a book and kind of glossing over it because it doesn't initially uh, apply to you, what I need you to know is that even if the first half, the problem part, doesn't resonate with you or doesn't apply to you, the solution part can. I don't care what the problem is. The tools we use to create the solution are universal, So keep that in mind the next time you're kind of scrolling titles and thinking that something doesn't apply. While the problem part might not apply, the solution part can and will. So I know that this person's challenges are not going to apply to all of you. But I also know that the seven things we're going to talk about as a solution, 100% can and will apply. All right? So hang with me. Hang with me. This problem might not apply, but the solutions, I promise you, maybe not seven out of seven, but probably at least six out of seven, will apply. All right? This is what the email said. After losing 110 pounds six years ago by extreme dieting, daily hours at the gym, less than five hours of sleep a night, I ended up looking haggard and with a host of health issues that were only discovered last year. And it will be a slow healing process. And then she lists out some of them. Adrenal fatigue, cortisol burnout, estrogen dominance, low testosterone, unresponsive thyroid. It continues. I've been gaining 20 pounds and then hating myself into extreme dieting again and binging and then repeating. You said that you don't eat foods you don't enjoy. I went the other way because I see now that I don't feel worthy of enjoying anything. Even at my lowest weight, I felt miserable, unhappy, afraid the weight would come back, and found happiness only in large food portions eaten in shame. Let me just pause there and say there's a difference between feeling good and feeling nothing. There's a difference between a solution and a dis- distraction. There's a difference between pleasure and happiness. And I don't want to go off like this could be a whole episode in and of itself, but especially that piece. There is a difference between pleasure And I believe that you find pleasure in that, but I don't as readily believe you find happiness. But okay, I would only find happiness in large quantities of food eaten in shame. Again, difference between pleasure and happiness. It continues, I appreciate your podcast. I see now that no matter what I identify with, the disgusting, smelly, gross, fat girl who needs to diet is what I keep returning to have you ever done a podcast on being accepting happy or content in the interim, like before weight loss? When you were going through that process, were you accepting happy content? I keep hoping to hold my breath and get to the goal line. Funny enough, thanks to your podcast, I realize too that my constantly revolving debt has always been belt tightening to where I can't breathe, I'm miserable, and eventually the debt comes back and the cycle begins. I really admire you, you are so quick to focus on the solution. Okay. Really, the only finding happiness in food is is not what we're going to focus on there. But I do just want to remind everybody that pleasure and happiness are not the same thing. And I know this because I get pleasure from spending money. And I get pleasure from overeating. But they are the furthest things from happiness. Let's start with this notion of worthiness. So, again, even if you do not... Sorry, I just bumped my mic. Apologize. Even... If you do not relate to any of what this person shared in the email, I want you to know that every solution we are going to talk about absolutely 100% can apply to you. This person said, I know you said you don't eat foods you don't enjoy. That is true. That is one of my tenets. If I don't enjoy it, I don't eat it. Because I believe that we have to check that pleasure box in order to not keep seeking and seeking and seeking after we have felt satisfied. All right. But then she says... I don't feel worthy of enjoying anything. We're going to have a conversation about what you need to include in your decision-making process and what you don't need to include in your decision-making process. And even though I'm going to use the word worthy, understand that this notion of what do we include in the decision-making process and what do we leave out can apply to anything, whether it's the notion of, like, I deserve it. I deserve a treat. You can, you can apply this, like, do you need to include that in the decision-making process or not? So even if you don't relate to worthiness, hear this in other ways. Okay, I don't feel worthy of enjoying anything. What does that have to do with your decision-making? Leave it out. Because here's the deal. I could, for example, convince myself that I'm not worthy of a great relationship or I'm not worthy of a lot of money. But on another day, I could probably convince myself that I i can certainly convince myself that I am worthy of both, of a lot of money, of a great relationship, of anything. I bring that up because who decides what worthiness means? Like, how do I know that I'm worthy of anything? How do you know? And if I lined up 100 people, they would all have different takes on it. And not only that. If you were in a really great, fired up, positive mood, you could probably make a case that you are worthy. But then if you are in a terrible mood the next day, you could make a case that you're not. It's entirely unreliable because it's completely subjective. And that's true of arguments like, I deserve it. I've been so good. I deserve it. Well, what does that even mean? Who decides that? It's so subjective. Leave it out. Something that you've probably heard me talk about if you've been listening to this podcast a while is simple decision-making criteria. Worthy, there's nothing simple about the notion of worthy. And there's really nothing simple about the notion of deserve. They're super subjective. And when we are trying to make decisions, we've got to leave that subjective stuff out of it. We can't count on it. It's going to be different, either significantly or mildly, day in and day out. Leave it out. It does not need to come into play. Who cares if you're considering yourself worthy of enjoying your food? Who cares if you think you deserve this or that? Leave it out. That does not need to be part of the decision-making criteria. And I've given two examples, the worthiness one from the email or I deserve it. But anything that is complicating your decision-making process or is a hang-up for you, leave it out leave it out. The the notion of like, I've been so good, so, or I'm never consistent anyway. What the heck does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Leave it out. Okay. The second part is this notion of like being happy or content in the interim, whether that is while you're getting out of debt, while you're building your business, while you're losing weight, while you're single, anything personally, one woman's opinion, and all or any of you are free to disagree, my opinion based on my experience in losing a lot of weight, putting weight back on, losing weight again, building a business, getting out of debt, all of the above, you don't need to factor happiness into your decision-making either. Now, the question of, like, when I was in my journey, when I was at my heaviest, over 300 pounds, 350, really, over 350, I never saw that number on the scale, but I know it was there, you know? Was I happy with myself? No. Was I even content? No. But I believe that's a journey, and it's kind of a moving target. I don't think it's a prerequisite. That does not mean that it's not a worthy pursuit. It's just a moving target, and so it's kind of a tricky thing to, to hang your hat on. I believe that it's, it's process-oriented, so... And the other, you know, when we talked about worthiness, like the target moves every day. I could feel really happy and content and accepting of myself today and then later this afternoon not feel that way or tomorrow or next week. So we don't want to rely on it as part of our decision making. And I think it's a separate pursuit. So if you want to lose weight, then happiness is a separate pursuit. I write about this in Chasing Cupcakes. They don't come together. Contentment is a separate pursuit than health, all right? So I was not happy or content when I was over 350 pounds, but I also wasn't trying to be. It doesn't mean that you can't focus on both at the same time. In fact, that's why I created the Changemakers Journal because as somebody who's very goal-oriented, I found that sometimes I would put happiness on the back burner And honestly, I think happiness is a tough word to define. And for me, at the start of my journey, was I happy? No. Could I have told you what would make me happy? No, other than losing weight. And I didn't even know for sure because I had never been not overweight. So the Changemakers Journal helps me to prioritize fulfillment in in addition to pursuing goals and progress. But happiness is something different. I find that it is a byproduct of the journey. Fulfillment can be tactically pursued for me, but happiness is a byproduct of going after the things that you want and and also upgrading your thinking. A lot of times... It's a result of our perspective. So if we think about certain things or we think in certain ways, then we will feel unhappy. But if we think about other things and we think in different ways, then we feel happier or unhappy. It depends on our perspective. So gratitude is an easy way to to think about this. I can feel like my life is just hard, bad, struggle after struggle when I think about certain things or with certain perspectives. But... When I think about other things, or I think through different perspectives, I can feel like I have way more than I could ever possibly need. So contentment is a lot, a lot the same way. If you focus on what you don't have, on what's wrong, on what's bad, on what's hard, you're probably not going to feel content. But if you think about different things, or you think in different ways, you will absolutely feel like you are content. And sometimes we have to use extremes, but not always. So when I get to a point where I worry about money, I think back to, I don't even know what year it was, maybe 2004, when I went to Africa. And even on my brokest, most in-debt days, I was wealthy beyond measure, beyond imagination, compared to the families that I spent time with in Africa. Is it extreme? Sure. But does it change your perspective? Yes. And that's what we're after here. When I think about the day that Dagny died, and I think about it a thousand times a day, if not more, I can feel like everything is dark and bad and that I'm in a really bad place. But then I think about my moments with Roman, or I think about other opportunities and and privileges and blessings that I've had at different points in my life then I then I see things differently and I feel differently I always say and I write about this in tools for the trenches that everything is a focus before it's a feeling so when we think about being discontent or being unhappy that is a focus before it is a feeling so when you feel unhappy, your focus is on things that generate that feeling, but you can focus on other things, even if they have nothing to do with you. We're going to get to this in a few minutes, but remove yourself from the center of the story. Think about something else that makes you happy that might be totally unrelated to you. Maybe it's somebody you know, maybe it's somebody you don't know. I, uh, when, I, when I ran the Philadelphia Marathon, I don't even know what year it was, it was a long time ago there was um, a double amputee running their first race on two prosthetics. And when I think about the look on that person's face and everything they had to go through to get to that and the satisfaction they had and the doors that opened up when they realized that they could do something so significant, something that most people with two legs don't do. I feel this, like, satisfaction and I feel the sense of possibility when I focus on that. My feelings are a result of that focus. You know, I can think of the first time that my grandmother met my son. And I think about the look on her face and how she was just so excited and, you know, so curious and just thrilled to, to hold his hand and see his face and all of those kinds of things. Like, I can think about that, put my focus there. And I feel just warm and I feel content and I feel grateful. Then if I think about the fact that she never got to meet my daughter, when I focus on that, I feel very differently. I feel sad. But understand, we have so much more control over how we feel than we often capitalize on. It is a focus before it's a feeling. So when you want to change how you feel, change your focus. All right. The other thing is this person, you know, kind of the sense of like, I'm trying to hold my breath and get over the goal line. I don't like myself. I don't love myself. Everything is bad. One of my very simple life rules is don't be an asshole. It's easy to think about what that means in terms of other people. But where it has the most power is don't be an asshole to yourself. Think about it this way. You don't have to like somebody, but you can be kind to them. You don't have to love somebody, but you can like them. And the same is true for yourself. You don't have to love everything about yourself, but you also don't have to be a jerk to yourself. This is a choice. If you are capable of not being mean to other people, and I know you are, then you are capable of not being mean to yourself. Now, think about it this way undoubtedly, You have thoughts arise about other people or things you want to say or things you want to do that are not kind. And in that moment, you have a choice. You can choose to act on them or not act on them. You can choose to focus on those things or not focus on those things. Sometimes I have clients who come across as demanding or needy or rude, and I still control how I respond to them being open, being patient, being kind. Not only that, I can focus on the behavior that I label as demanding or rude, or I can focus on other things. This is a person who made an investment in themselves, the investment of working with me. This is somebody who cares enough that they reached out for communication, because there are other people that just go radio silent. And when I choose to change the focus, even though I have that initial instinct that might be, you know, snarky or impatient, but I don't have to act on it and I can change it. And I give you those examples to show you that we can also do that with ourselves. I might walk by the mirror and think, oh my God, I look awful. I look huge, this, that, and the other thing. And just like I can change my focus when somebody in my life does something that I don't like, or I, I don't, care for or that irritates me and I can think of it in a new way, I can do the same thing with myself. I practice this constantly with other people and all of us can do better, including me, at practicing this with ourselves. If I have a thought about somebody like, she's rude, she's selfish, she's this, I remind myself of good things about that person. She's a really great mom, you know, she's super consistent and reliable and disciplined and all of these things. Do that with yourself. If we are capable of doing it with other people, we are capable of doing it for ourselves. The other night, I was sitting down with Chris, and we were talking about um, some friends of ours. And I don't remember how it came up, but I shared with him something that I know about them in terms of, like, how they use their money. And he was like, are are you serious? Like, initially, he was like, that's ridiculous. And I said to Chris, you know... (laughs) If they knew everything about our lives, I'm sure that there would be things that we do that they would think are ridiculous. But everybody gets to make their own choices and do it their own way. And that is an example of like, yes, we could have gone down the road of, I know, we would never do that. Isn't that insane? But there's another way to see it. And it's same thing with ourselves, the way you think about you. I could absolutely look in the mirror and go, my legs are huge. And I can look in the same mirror and say, I'm grateful to have legs. My legs are so strong. Through the beauty of diet and exercise, I can make them smaller if I so choose. That redirect is available in how we think of others, and that redirect is available in terms of how we think about ourselves. One of the big things, and I just mentioned this, that helps me when I'm struggling with myself is gratitude. Whether you're bummed about your career situation, how fast or slow your business is being built, whether you're bummed about your, your debt, your relationship, your body, your fitness, instead of focusing on all that is wrong and all that is bad, practice gratitude. As I've said before, like I certainly have moments where I, where I stress about money or I stress about my career. And while sometimes that's helpful because it gets me into action on the solution, like, okay, if I'm worried about this, then what can I do to change it? But also oftentimes I use gratitude as a tool there. So we're, we're going through the phase right now of planning out our next renovation. And absolutely there are times where I'm like, oh my God, this is so expensive and that stresses me out. You know, what other things I could be doing with its money. Gratitude for the opportunity to do it at all. Gratitude for the decision that I have that I can like stop this at any time. I don't have to spend one more cent if I don't want to. And I'm grateful to be able to make that choice, to have autonomy over this thing that sometimes stresses me out. Like it doesn't have to stress me out at all. I can make the choice to stop right now. Same thing with food. If I get stressed about my weight or my rate of weight loss, gratitude for the fact that, you know, this is something I control. Gratitude for the fact that I'm healthy, gratitude for the fact that I have support, gratitude for the fact that there are so many free resources that can help me along this way. The other piece of it is a solution focus. If there is something that you don't like, that is powerful energy that you can apply to the solution. It's totally wasted when you give that energy or you give that emotion and you give that intensity to the problem. It's wasted. But that is energy that you absolutely can apply to the solution and there is nothing stopping you. So when you recognize that judgmental energy or that discontent energy or that problem focus in any way, however it manifests, understand this is like I almost even imagine it as this like red hot burning thing. I get to choose where to direct that. I don't have to just let it go everywhere and impact everything. That is a tool, that is energy that I can channel towards action in creating the solution. And then the last thing, and I alluded to this earlier, remove yourself from the center of the story. Remove yourself from the center of the story. Look, in this particular email that came in, the person doesn't like their weight. Great, don't make it about you and how you look. Make it about health. Make it about the journey. Make it about nutrition. Make it about the nutrients that you invite into your body. Remove yourself from the center of the story, even when you feel like it's all about you. you know, if you're anxious about starting a business, remove yourself from the center of the story and the judgment and the fear of failure and make it about the clients you're going to serve. Remove yourself from the center of the story. This is one of the powerful things that has helped me in this grief journey. And I write about it in Tools for the Trenches. Remove yourself from the center of the story. So I'm so grateful that I got this email because not only was I able to respond and help the individual, but I know that in all of these tools that we talked about, you can apply them to your finances, to your relationships, to your health, to your business, you name it. Make it a great day, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.